as you can see, we need volunteers um, to make church happen so that Chris does not lead worship, right? <laughs> All right. Well, um, I first want to take a moment and recognize those that are currently volunteering. So if you volunteer on Sunday morning here at the drive, I would just like for you to stand up so we can let you know how much we appreciate you. Very good. Thank you so much for um, giving of your time. Um, in your program, there is a card that looks like this. Um, this is our Volunteer Now form, um, and this is a way for you to, um, to let us know what area you would like to help um, volunteer here at the church, because um, we need your help. It takes a lot of people to uh, make everything happen. Um, so I'll just go through the different areas that, um, that we need help with um, and let you know kind of what you would be doing. So our JAR Kids area is our children's ministry for kids six weeks through fifth grade. They meet upstairs here on Sunday morning. Um, and we need people to come and just love on them and help teach them and guide them. Um, and we also need men. Um, a lot of our kids don't have um, male role models in their life, so we need men to go up there to, to fulfill that role. And we currently need about 10 more um, JAR Kids volunteers. So if you're interested in that, then just check the box um, for that. On our hospitality team, um, the hospitality team is responsible for making everybody feel welcome, helping with donuts, getting the programs, and things like that. So if um, that's something that you're interested in, we need 16 more people um, to help on hospitality. Um, our media team, um, sound and media are the ones that help with the sound of the music, the teaching, the um, videos on the screen, the PowerPoint throughout the teaching. Um, and we still need about six more people that can help with that. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, then you could check that box. We also have our middle school experience, which is the new thing that launched at the end of January. Um, and this is for um, any middle school students to be able to um, have a time of their own on Sunday morning. And we need about four more people that would be interested in helping mentor to our middle schoolers. And then our setup team. Um, we need about four more people that want to get it to church early and help set up to make sure that you have a spot to sit in. Um, so that is a very important area as well. And then our teardown team, we still need about 10 people that can help tear everything down and put it back into the gym closet um, after everything's finished so that we can do it all again next week. Um, so if any of those areas interest you, um, just check the box and um, we'll be following up with you. If you're currently volunteering, I would still like for you to fill out this card. It just makes my job a little bit easier as I'm redoing the schedule. Um, it's a six-month commitment that you're giving. Um, and so if you have any questions, just let me know. And I'll give you a few minutes right now to go ahead and fill out this card. Okay, so once um, church is over, you'll be able to place this card in the offering bag as it comes by at the end of church. Um, and at this time, I'd just um, like to pray, and then uh, we'll go on. So pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today and the opportunity to serve you. I thank you um, that we can be your hands and feet and welcome people um, here at the JAR and help them feel your love. Father, I pray that you would um, guide us our time and um, be with us today. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the JAR. My name is Chris, and we're uh, so glad that you're here uh, today. If you would, there's a little card uh, in your program that looks like this. It just says, Get Connected. So as you're filling out or filling out your um, volunteer card, you can fill this out as well. And uh, we would uh, love to stay connected with you. If you have any prayers, uh, please uh, put that on the back, prayer concerns, and uh, we'll pray for those uh, also. And then we'll collect those at the end of the celebration. I want to give a little uh, challenge uh, to any of our uh, grandparents. 
Um, my dad is 80 years old, and my mom is 79. And once a month, uh, they go upstairs and they volunteer in Jar Kids. And uh, our two girls uh, actually are not in their class anymore, so there's not a reason for them to do that. And so I said, well, Dad, I was like, well, why do you do this? Like, your kids uh, aren't up there, and, and why do you do this? And he said, well, you know, there's that scripture that says, Jesus said, uh, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. And uh, he said, I just don't want to stand before God one day that there was an opportunity for me to be able to uh, care for little kids, and I said no. And I was like, ah. I was like, well, could I tell the church that? He's like, yes, you can. And uh, so my dad does that. He's 80 years old. I said, well, are you tired at the end of it? He's like, every single time. And I said, well, do you like it? He's like, oh, it's the best part of that particular Sunday. And so I really want to encourage you uh, to sign up to help with the kids. Uh, maybe a great gift uh, to them and to you as well. Um, well, we're beginning a brand new series today called Get Out. And what we're going to be talking about is how do we tell temptation to get out when it begins to start attacking us? I mean, the reality is, folks, every single person uh, is tempted. You may be tempted every single minute <laughs> or every hour or every day, but we are all tempted. But regardless of your temptation, this is the good news, that God will always give you a way to get out, to get out. Now, on both sides of my family, if you trace back in the generations, one of the things that you would find is that both sides of my family had a problem with alcohol. And even though I knew this, when I went off to college, I stupidly thought that I could go ahead and drink and party and do whatever I wanted and that it wasn't going to impact me. Now, the dorm that I chose to stay at at Manchester College, now it's called Manchester University, uh, was called Schwalm Hall. It was the Jock Hall. That's what we called it back in the 80s and 90s. And in Schwalm Hall, at the bottom uh, of Schwalm, in the very basement, they called it the hole, the black hole. Because once you got down there, you would be tempted by anything and everything that you could imagine. And during my freshman year, I not only started experimenting, with alcohol, but I kind of made a commitment I would only drink to get drunk. Now, it was in the hole that I learned a little game called quarters. Uh, I don't know if they still play this game or not. Anyone know what that game is? What quarters? How do you know that? <laughs> All right. Well, this was the game. You would take a quarter... And you would bounce it on a table, and then it had to actually land in a shot glass or a cup. And if you did not make it into the shot glass or the cup, guess what you had to do? Some of you have played this game. I am not happy 
with you. Um, <laughs> just joking. So I wasn't very good at this game. So um, I drank a lot and I passed out often. And one particular night, uh, some guys came to me in the hole. Think about this. If you're in the hole, in the black hole, and guys come up to you and they say, we think you might have a problem. Guess what? You got a problem. But that didn't stop me. Finally, uh, one night I had drank an uh, entire bottle of ouzo, which was a Greek liquor, and I got so wasted that I passed out trying to fight with my best friend, who actually was one of the guys who helped us start the jar, uh, someone named John, who actually the reason you're sitting in the seat is because of uh, some of the impact that he made here. And rather than kicking my butt and doing something, he waited until I actually passed out. He took me back to the hole, hid me away from the residence hall director and the campus security, and allowed me to sleep. And the next morning, I woke up, and he told me everything that happened, and I decided then that I had a problem. Folks, this is the truth. I could have been arrested. I could have been kicked out of school. And the whole trajectory of my life could have been totally changed in that moment. And yet, only by the grace of God was I able to get a second chance. You know, I would venture to say that every single person in this gym today has had something in their life that has been there that shouldn't be there. Every single person has had something in their life that has been there that shouldn't be there, and some of you, honestly, still have that something there today. For some of you, it's alcohol. Some of you, you can have a drink or two and be socially connected, and there's no problem at all. But there are others of you that you are drinking every single day and you have a substance problem. Maybe for others of you, it's smoking something that you know you shouldn't be smoking or popping something that you shouldn't pop or shooting something that you shouldn't shoot. Now at this point, I realize that some of you right now are getting ready to check out. Because you're thinking this, well, hey, I don't have an issue with alcohol and I don't have an issue with drug abuse, so that's not me. This is not my problem. But maybe for some of you, it's actually something else. For some of you, you lie all the time. You lie all the time. You cover it up pretty well. <clears throat> and you cover up one thing over another thing, and you're having a hard time distinguishing right now what is true and what isn't true because you continue to lie. Some of you are some of the biggest gossips in your workplace. You hear something and you share it with somebody else and you add something to it. And in your family or with coworkers, you do this again and again. And the gossip goes over and over and over and over. And you think, well, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's not like drugs or alcohol. Folks, it has the same type of destructive pattern that can impact people's lives. There are some of you that have an eating issue. 
The truth is, you just can't push things away. And so you eat and you eat and you eat. And you continue to eat things that you know you shouldn't eat. Some of you are here today and you're sitting around some people or in a row of people who have a sexual addiction. The reality is that you look on the internet and you're addicted to it. And it's gone beyond that now, and now all of a sudden you've made some phone calls or you've got some subscriptions, and there are things that are happening in your life now that you think it's not a big deal, and yet you're sucked in. For some of you, it's spending. You have a tendency to go and spend. You're already like massively in debt, but you just keep spending more and more and more and more, digging a deeper hole. You think, I should stop, I should do this, but you just keep on doing it. For some, it's gambling. Every time you go by the casino in Anderson or on the internet, you just can't help but gamble. <coughs> you think to yourself, well, I'm really good at this game, though. You just don't realize. I'm really, really good at it. And you've won a few times, and you've won some hundreds or thousands of dollars, but then all of a sudden, you lose it all, and you keep on playing, and you're thinking, uh, you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to eventually beat the game. And some of you are trying to gamble your way out. For some of you, if you're innocent, you would have to admit that you are addicted to this. You're addicted to your phone and to social media. Every time you have a conversation with someone, you have this in front of your face. And you're going like this and this. And then all of a sudden this thumb starts going like this. And pretty soon all of a sudden, you know what's going to happen to your thumb one day? One day your thumb's just going to fly off. You're going to be like, where is my thumb? And you're going to have to go back here and like, look it, retrieve it somewhere. Now, we joke about this, folks, but I'm telling you. This thing right here and what you do with social media, you know what it's affecting? The intimacy in your relationships. Some of you, your intimacy level has come down and you no longer have this personal connection with your family. Uh, we were walking in our neighborhood the other day and uh, my wife pulled out her phone. I'm like, we're not doing phone. We're walking as a family. And I kid you not, we walked by another family. All of them have their phones like this. Now, What's going to happen? You're losing quality time and personal relationship, and it's robbing you of something that you desire because you're doing this all the time. Now, I don't know what it would be for you, but I would venture to say that every single one of us has something in our life that shouldn't be there. Well, God must have known that we would struggle with temptation, and so he spoke to his uh, most faithful kind of servant outside of Jesus Christ himself, a guy by the name of Paul, and Paul gives us these words, uh, these powerful words in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting verse 12. It'll come up on the side screen. Let's read. Paul writes, So if you think... You are standing firm. Be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has ever overtaken you except what is common to us. And then there's some good news, folks. There's some really good news. It says, 
And God is what? Everybody say it out loud. What is God? He is faithful. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you compare. But when you are tempted, and you will be tempted, every single person here will be tempted. When you are tempted, what will God do? Let's read this last uh, sentence together out loud. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now what I want you to understand throughout this series is that God will always give you a way to get out. (coughs) Every single one of you, you're going to be tempted by something. You will be. And you'll be tempted by something that may be harmful to you or harmful to other people or will hurt the heart of God in your relationship. But there is always, 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 always a way for you to get out. To get out. Now, in order for us to better understand what temptation is, I simply want to give us a working definition. This is your first fill-in-the-blank, or you can do it on our app. Uh, Just download the JAR app, and uh, you can do it there at the App Store. But here's what temptation is. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction. You're going to like this. This is going to be good. It's going to be meaningful for my life. It promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Scientists actually tell us that uh, there is a chemical uh, that is released from our brains every time we give into temptation. Every time you give into temptation, what happens is this uh, chemical called dopamine is released. And all of a sudden you get a buzz and you get a hit and you get a thrill. And you're like, oh, this is so great. And so you want it and you purchase it. You see it, and you want to look at it more and more and more. You're thinking about saying exactly what you feel, and you say it. And when the temptation comes, and you give in to the temptation, your brain releases a little dopamine in your uh, being, and all of a sudden you get this buzz, you get this hit, you get this high. You have this moment of satisfaction Followed by, I shouldn't have done that. Has anyone ever experienced that before? Oh, look at some of you. You're so holy today, aren't you? Oh, no, not me. I don't even know why I'm listening to this. Many of us, we, we live in this cycle. I want it. I get it. I shouldn't have done that. I want it. I get it. I shouldn't have done that. So what is temptation? It is anything that promises satisfaction. You're going to like this. This is going to feel good. This is going to be meaningful to your life at the cost of obedience to God. So for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is have us look at four truths about temptation. Here's the first one. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's not. It's not a sin to be tempted. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one Jesus 
who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not what? What's it say? He didn't sin. In other words, folks, Jesus was tempted in every single way that you and I are, but being tempted does not mean that you're sinning. And this is a very, very important thing to understand, because what your spiritual enemy will do is he will try to give you a sense of false guilt. That you'll actually start feeling guilty about something that you shouldn't be feeling guilty about. For example, eating a donut is not a sin. Some of you were nervous about that, though, weren't you? We know how much we pay in donuts here. Now, if you have diabetes, though, or you're trying to eat healthy, and you walk by the work break room, and there is a dozen donuts, chocolate donuts, covered with chocolate icing, and all of a sudden they start screaming out to you, eat me, eat me. And all of a sudden in your head you start thinking, I want to, I want to. But you look at them and you actually say, stay, I'm not going to do this, and you walk out. Have you sinned? No. You were tempted, but you didn't sin. Now, if you pick it up and you smell it, okay, or have you sinned? Technically, I I don't know. You know, it's kind of like on the line. Not sure. But if you take it and you go, and you take a lick of the icing and then you put it back down, have you, and then you walk out, have you sinned? Uh, Yeah, you crossed the line, okay? I'm not going to say who's done that before. Chuck Mock, Celebrate Recovery. Um, Okay, let's say that you're going down a road, ladies, and you see a guy and he's running. He's got a shirt off and he's buff. Or let's say that you're a guy and you're going down a road and all of a sudden you see yoga pants girl that's right there. And you're driving by and then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, oh, I wonder if they need some help crossing the street. Well, I better turn back and go help them. Hey, can I help you? Now, in the midst of that, if you turn around to go get a second look there to help them across the street, have you fallen into temptation, into sin? Yes. Now, if you're driving down and all of a sudden you see someone who's attractive and you look, you can't help but notice, you know, strapping guy, you know, with his shirt off or yoga pants girl, you can't help but notice. But if you keep on driving, you haven't sinned. And yet your spiritual enemy will often do this. Will try to make you feel guilty and say, you just did wrong. You did wrong. And then you feel guilty. And what often do we do when that happens, when we have a sense of false guilt? We medicate our guilt with sin. We're like, well, I guess you're right. I've already kind of done and so you look more. I remember a guy... um, that I had met, who had a gigantic gambling problem, gigantic. (coughs) And he came to me one day and he said, um, he said, man, I I drove by the casino, Hoosier Park, and I just feel so bad. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, I drove by it and I saw the sign. I just felt so bad and just a horrible person. And, And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, so you drove by it. Did you go in? He's like, no, I didn't go in. I said, okay, well, well, did you did you gamble? Did you go home and like gamble on the internet? No, no, no. I didn't do anything. 
So you're telling me you drove by Hoosier Park, you didn't go in, you didn't gamble, you didn't do any of that. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Well, I don't see that as sin. I see that as a victory. You actually had this narrow victory that you had. Folks, here's the deal. Just because you experience a temptation doesn't mean that you've sinned. Now, if you have diabetes or you're trying to eat healthy, I wouldn't go into Jack's Donuts and go, could I pray for you? I just, pastor, once he talked about donuts. I, no, because it's too close to your temptation. You should never do that. It's not a sin, though, to be tempted. Okay, here's the second truth about temptation. You are never above temptation. I don't care who you are, you are never above temptation. Our scripture in verse 12, we read this. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Now at this point, I know some of you are thinking in your minds right now. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking to yourselves, oh, this is a good, this is a good message. I wish so-and-so was here right now. Yep, so-and-so, they need this. Or the person that I came in the car with today, are you listening? Take a few extra notes. Okay? No, 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 no. No, no. If that's you, and you're thinking that this teaching doesn't apply to me today, I've conquered this, I'm above this, I would never do this, you are dead wrong. Your spiritual enemy will come against you both in your weaknesses and your strength. I knew a pastor who was a mentor of mine, great family guy, someone I looked up to, amazing communicator, great guy. Did one of the most stupid things in the world. He started dating a 20-year-old in his church, blew up his marriage, blew up everything. You see, folks, God can attack you in your strength. Jennifer and I know a young doctor, female doctor, wonderful doc, went to her wedding, impacted uh, many people's lives, knows health care, knows everything about it, so much so of what that means that she eventually got addicted to prescription drugs. She lost her license, everything, and she's a high school teacher, moving her life back around again, which is great. But her whole life blew up and her kid's life and her family life, everything, because she overestimated her strengths. Folks, Satan will not only come at you at your weaknesses, but he will come at your strengths. So never, ever, ever, ever think that you are above temptation. In fact, the people who think that and think, oh, you know what, uh, this isn't me, I can't do that. Those are the people that often are the ones who fall the farthest and who hit the hardest. Folks, you would be amazed at what you and I are capable of doing. That in the right situation, in the right circumstances, in the right time, you and I are able to do things that would truly blow up our lives and would be some of the grossest sins we could imagine. A few years ago, I was teaching on patience. We were doing a, a series on the fruits of the Spirit. This was before kids, so I had a lot more patience then. And I had this, and I'm driving home, and I'm just feeling so good, because, you know, every once in a while, it doesn't happen very often, 
A lot of times I strike out. Most of the time I do. But every once in a while I'm like, man, I, I did pretty good today, you know. And so I'm thinking I'm doing pretty well, and, and I'm basking in the glory of God and what he did through the teaching. And I get home, and my wife said something to me. I can't remember what it was. She said something to me, and all of a sudden, I don't know what, but I just went off on her. And then my wife looked at me, and I'll never forget this. She said, were you at church today because our pastor was talking about patience? I love that woman. (laughs) Folks, I just stood up and talked about patience. I'd been working on it the entire week. And just a few minutes after I just taught it, I lost it. And I fell into the sin of impatience. You are not above temptation, folks. You're not. Here's the third thing. God will never tempt you. God will never tempt you. Have you ever heard that before? People say, God is tempting me. No, he's not. That's not God. Now, God will test you. God will definitely test you at times, but he'll never tempt you. And that is a huge difference. This past week, my oldest daughter, uh, Jordan, took I-Step. Any other parents go through the pain of I-Step this week? Yeah. You know what? That's pain for us. Not for the kids. It's pain for us. So you have to get them up, make them special meals. My wife's doing this. And, you know. So anyway, she takes these tests. Now, they don't do it anymore because this is the last year for I-STEP. But before, I-STEP was kind of that predictor on whether or not you were going to get promoted to the next grade. Whether or not you were going to move forward. Now, God will test you, but he will never tempt you. God tests you to move you forward. Satan tempts you to move you backwards. Let me say that again. God tests you to move you forward. Satan will tempt you to move you backwards. And folks, there's a very big difference between these two things. God is not going to put temptation in front of you and go, oh, I wonder if Chris is going to sin here. He doesn't want to be around sin. He's not going to do that. And the question is, though, in the midst of that, will you be obedient to the test? Will you be faithful to him? That's a test, not a temptation. James, uh, one of Jesus' brothers, actually wrote these words, and he said this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So where does temptation come from? Temptation comes from our own what? What's it say? Desires. Now, some of you might say, well, Chris, what you don't understand is that I'm a really good person. I'm a good person. Technically, I don't want to bust your bubble, but you're not. You're not. You're a bad person, a sinful person, and you have a bent away Towards God, and so do I, and so does every single human being. We're selfish by nature, it's just who we are. For example, you never have to teach a two year old how to be selfish, do you? You don't go to a two year old and go, Today we're going to take your toy away, and after I take your toy away, what I would like you to do is go, Mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. 
You have to teach a two-year-old that to do that? No. It's naturally ingrained in their heads. Because we're selfish by nature. We're not good people. Temptation comes from our <coughs> excuse me. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. I want this, I want this, I want this, and it drags you away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. It starts with a desire, then it moves to a sinful action. And then watch this. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? What's it give birth to? To death. All right, now, is James being a little bit dramatic here? I mean, seriously? Tell you what, folks, you talk to any marital couple who has allowed sin to come into their relationship. And sin never makes life better. Sin never makes life better. Sin always has a path of destruction. It promises satisfaction, but it costs obedience to God. Well, this is going to be fun. Let's spice up our marriage a little bit. Let's do this. Let's invite them over. Let's do this kind of thing. This is going to help me relax. This is going to make me not feel as bad. This will make me feel better. This will make me feel special. And then you get that hit. And you get that buzz and that dopamine hits your head. And then after you fall into it, everything unravels and it leads to death and destruction. So you need to remember, God will never tempt you. But every temptation is an invitation for you to depend upon God. God will never tempt you. But every temptation is an invitation for you to depend upon Christ. A couple of weeks ago, our family uh, took a little mini vacation, and we went skiing in Michigan, and it was awesome. We had a wonderful time, and uh, the first few days were just amazing. Uh, we, just, we just had a great time. And then on day three, it all went downhill. We actually were going downhill, and I had told everybody... <laughs> before we started the run, that we were going to meet at the buck lift. And we're going downhill, and everyone is together, my two daughters, myself, and their friend that they had brought on the trip, except my wife. We get down to the bottom of the hill, and if you've ever been skiing before, you know the thing that you hate the most is you hate to wait on other people. And so we start waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and there's no one. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I start getting nervous. Like, is she getting, has she been hurt? So I pick up the phone, and I call her, and I'm like, where are you? She's like, <laughs> um, well, I thought you wanted me to go down on this lift. Now, you know, have you ever had that experience? You're on the conversation with a significant other, your spouse, somebody else, and it, it sounds like they're being innocent on the other side, but you've been waiting. You're ticked. You're like, I was very clear on the instructions of where this is. And all of a sudden, things kind of go, you know, it gets unraveled. Things start going bad and just kind of angry. And, you know, here I am. And finally, I just go, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done. And uh, I'll talk to you later. And I hung up. Now, here's my 8-year-old, my 10-year-old, and another little girl who one day will maybe marry somebody. And I sure hope that their husband, like if that was their husband doing that, I would beat that boy, you know? 
And here they are. That's the example they have. And so we go up the lift, we get up to the top, and we get to the top, and then they pour on. They start whining. It's so cold. It's so freezing cold. Why are we waiting on Mom? Why didn't she do this? And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. And finally, the queen arrives. <laughs> and she kind of comes off, you know, and she's like, hey, guys. And I, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I've had it. And I go, you know what? If we're not all going to stay together, Jen, if we're not all going to stay together, then we're not going to ski and we're going to have to go back. And I'm getting mad. And the girls, you can tell they're getting kind of nervous. And then all of a sudden, she starts patting me on my arm. I don't like it when she pats me on my arm. I don't need her to pat me on my arm. I'm a big boy. I don't need some patting, okay? She starts patting me on my arm. And she goes, Chris, I understand. I'm sorry, but it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And then I hate to admit this, and I'm not happy about it. But I looked at her and I said, I'm done. I'm done this year. And for the next 30 minutes, I was the pouting pastor. I didn't talk. Kids could tell it wasn't good. And then all of a sudden, we're on a lift. And I look in front of us, and this is the picture that I saw. My two little girls holding on to one another. And it just hit me in that moment. I had given in to the temptation of anger and I had failed. And the lift keeps going up and I turn to my wife and I apologize and I say I'm sorry. And all of a sudden this scripture hit my head and this is why you should memorize scripture. For some of you, this will be the most important thing you'll get out of anything. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says this. It says, I capture every thought and I make it give up and obey Christ. Now, did God tempt me? No. God was testing me. Are you going to be a godly man even when everything's not going the way that you decided? Are you going to be a godly man? And I miserably failed. But this other thought came in my mind. Satan won the moment, but he's not going to win the night. He won the moment, but he's not going to win the night. And by the time we got to the top, I apologized to the girls and to Jen. Everything was made up. And he won the moment, but he didn't win the night. The key, folks, is knowing how to capture every thought and make it give up and obey Jesus Christ. Here's the last thing. Fourth truth, there is always a way to get out. There is always a way to get out. No matter what you're facing, no matter how gross your sin is, no matter how small and annoying that one little habit is that you have that keeps going over, there is always, always a way to get out. Verse 13 in our scripture says this. Excuse me. And God is what? What's the next word? He is faithful. 
And he will not let you be what? What's the word? Tempted. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, because you're going to be tempted, all of us are going to be tempted. We're all human beings. When we are tempted, what will God do? He will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now let me ask you, what would be your way out? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this, that God will always give you a way out. So what is the step that you need to take? Well, for some of you, you need to take the step that I took on the ski trip, and you finally just confess it. You actually confess your sin. Scripture tells us that when we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It also says that when we confess our sins to other people, that God will bring healing. Healing took place within my family because I confessed what my fault was. And that's what many of you need to be a part, that's why many of you need to be a part of a small group so that you can be with a group of people that will encourage you and build you up and will help you when temptation comes, pray for you so that you can find a way to get out. Now others of you what you need to do is take a big risk. Maybe you need to go to a trusted friend and just tell them I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anybody before, but I need your help, and I don't want to be stuck with this thing anymore. And you let it out, and you admit it. Now, let me just say this, folks. If you've had two or three or four people in your life that have said, you know what, I think you have a problem right here, guess what? You got a problem. You got a problem. For some of you, it might be counseling. You've never done it. You're like, I'm a man. I'm too big for this. I'm not going to do any counseling. I'm good. Or we're not going to do this together. But nothing in your life has changed. And you need some help with deep thinking. And in April, we're going to launch something that will provide some counseling for folks uh, in our church. For some of you, it's rehab. You've tried to do it on your own, and you can't, and you need to detox and get away from the routine and the friends and everybody else. For some of you, you need to come to Celebrate Recovery Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here, help for life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Some of you have tried to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. What's that called? Insanity. You just keep doing the same thing, and it's not working. Maybe it's anxiety, anger. Maybe you are codependent. Maybe it's gambling, a food addiction. You've gone through a divorce, and it's nasty and ugly. But Celebrate Recovery could be your way out. You could get out of that. Last thing, true repentance. True repentance. Some of you uh, need to have some true repentance. Not remorse. Remorse is, I'm sorry that I got caught. (laughs) That's what remorse is. You only say sorry when you get caught. But repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry. I need your help. I need your grace. I want to change. Folks, I don't know what your thing is, but this is what I know. Is that God will always, always give you a way out. No matter what it is, 
God will give you a way out and you no longer have to be a slave to that fear. You unravel me with a melody You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God I'm no longer slave to fear I am a child of God You slid the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were down in perfect love you rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. You slid the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were down in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand. I am a child of God. Um, if you would, uh, just take a seat for a second, and uh, I'd like to close this in prayer. You know, the thing right now is that some of you have been moved by the Holy Spirit to go, man, I want to come clean in this one area of my life. I've just fallen into that temptation, but I can get out. I can get out today. But you've been a slave of fear. What if, what if my spouse knew? What if my friends knew? What if my coworkers knew? What if someone else that I love, what if they knew? And I guess I would just challenge you to flip that all around and say, God already knows, and he loves you anyway. And you could get real healing in this place today if you could come to the point where you're like, I'm no longer going to be a slave to this. I'm ready to work at this. And so 
If there's something in your life, maybe it's relatively small, but you're sick and tired of it dominating you, and you need help, and you want to take it before Jesus, and you want his power in you to be stronger than the wrong desires in you. If that's you, would you just in a moment of honesty just raise my hand, say, God, that is me. Just lift up your hand. You can... Say, God, this is me. This one area I want gone. Okay, you can put them down. And right now there's some of you that have something. You didn't raise your hand. But this is not something we're going to mess around with today. So if you didn't raise your hand the first time, but you would say, yes, there is something in me and I need God's help. Just lift your hand before God. Don't be ashamed. Just say, yes, don't worry about what the person is doing beside you. Just say, yes, that's me. Thank you for your honesty. Be real. God, before you today, we do not want to be a slave to anything. And we're sorry for dishonoring you and doing something that was destructive to ourselves or to others. But maybe for some of you, you have never really received God's full grace. You're sitting there and you're feeling so guilty right now. And you're living in this guilt. I've messed up. I'm not worthy of God. I need to do better. I need to try harder. I need to fly straighter. Just say, uh, stop it. Quit trying to do what you can't do. Just come to him. And you know what he does? He hears your prayers. He forgives you. He makes you brand new. So today, if you're ready to say, I need his forgiveness, I turn toward him. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you, God. I want to trust you with my life. If that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer. And here at the jar, we never pray alone. We always pray together. But you can just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Jesus, I need you to strengthen me. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit so I can serve you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Hi, everybody. I'm Emily. And um, if you just prayed that prayer today for the first time and um, accepted uh, Christ and just his forgiveness today, we're excited for you. We want to celebrate with you. So back in the back um, in that corner where you see that light um, is our accepted Christ table. And um, when church is finished, you can head back there and they have a little gift for you to just help you remember this day and a Bible. Um, I'd love to just be able to pray with you there. Um, and also, Chris had mentioned the Connect card earlier um, on today. And um, if you flip that over to the back, there's a place where um, there's a little box you can check. And we'd love to just be able to um, follow up with you for that. So if you accepted Christ today, you can do that. And um, if you haven't filled out that card, now would be a great time to do that. Um, and we're, uh, we'll receive an offering in just a minute. And you can drop that card right in there. Um, you can also fill out that card on our app. So if you don't have the app, I encourage you to, um, to download that on the App Store or the Play Store. Um, you can do all kinds of cool things on that app. And just a reminder, that Volunteer Now card um, that, that you filled out earlier, and if you want to serve in a different area, or maybe you're already serving, but we'd love for you to, to fill that out anyway, 
um, you can drop that in the offering bags as well. So um, speaking of offering, if I could have the greeters go ahead and come forward. And um, today, if you're here for the first time, um, we don't want you to feel any pressure to give today. We're more concerned about just getting to know you and um, really connecting with you. But if the jar is your church home, then I want to encourage you to give generously um, to our God who has given so generously to us. Please pray with me. God, I thank you so much that um, you are a God who um, is so forgiving and loving and generous and has given us so many gifts. And um, so we pray that you'd help us to give as you lead us today and that um, whatever we give, you would use it in our community to bring people into a relationship with you. Well, um, just a couple of other announcements, cool things coming up. Um, if you're new to the JAR, maybe you've come in for a couple weeks, and maybe you have some questions. You know, what, what is the JAR all about? How did it get started? Um, I want to know more about this Chris guy. You know, I'd like to meet him, or I want to maybe see some other new people that come to the JAR. Then a great thing for you to do with next Sunday would be to stay um, after the second celebration and have lunch with us. Have lunch with Chris. We call it First Step with Chris. And um, we provide lunch and child care, and um, it's just a time where we can get to know you better and you can get to know us better. Um, and it's just in that room with the, the coffee and donuts next Sunday. So we hope that um, you'll come and join us for that. We'd love to be able to meet you and get to know you a little bit better. And today, um, if you're new here and haven't had a chance to do so yet, our guest connection table is right over there where that light is. And um, they have a gift for you, a free gift, and would love to just help you feel welcome and answer any questions that you might have. So make sure you stop by there. And um, you may have heard that this Saturday is when we spring forward, right? So clocks move ahead an hour. Um, you might lose a little sleep, but don't forget to change your clocks. Otherwise, you're going to walk in here and probably feel really confused because it's not the time you think it is. So make sure this Saturday night that you um, set your clocks forward and don't forget about the time change. Well, I'm going to have the prayer team come on up today, and if there's anything that you would like some prayer for, they would be happy to pray with you and um, just make you feel uh, welcome and encouraged here today. So um, they'll be up here right next to the side screens to pray with you. All right, cool. Well, hey, this week you are going to be tempted. Just realize it's going to happen. But when temptation comes... God will always give you a way to what? Get out. To get out. So let's stand. And uh, we're just going to end with this. I'm going to repeat two words and you repeat them after me. Get out. Okay, now get out. No, you're loved in this place. Have a good one, everyone.